Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. Welcome to another episode of Writing Expensive Words, uh, the podcast with me, your host, Kristen and Spencer. And I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, the last time I recorded an episode of this was approximately two months ago, and quite a bit has happened since then. And the reason why I was not making podcast episodes was twofold. One, I was burnt out. Uh, but the second was I was burnt out because I was editing and formatting and doing all these different things every day. And today is launch day for me for the uh, old school series, which I'm going to talk about. But today's episode is about when launch day comes because there are all these different emotions and technical things, artistic things, right? Lots of creative things, uh, lots of non-creative things that happen when you're getting ready to launch something like a book series. And I want to talk about how today happened, how it got to be today, which is launch day, and a lot of the different things that I went through. And I also kind of want to talk about my journey as I went through these ups and downs of creative burnout and uh, just uh, life circumstances, right, that happen. And I I'm really excited about today's episode. And if you listen to this episode, by the end of today, you will understand what it takes to get to launch day. So let's go ahead and get started with this morning. And then we're going to rewind. Uh, so this morning I got up and I made my first Instagram grid uh, image, which means now I can only upload videos of three uh, on Instagram pictures of three on Instagram, unless I want to mess it up. But today is launch day. So I got up and I was like, what can I do? Because I did not want to spend a lot of money on today's launch. And you can spend anywhere from $30 to uh, $3,000 on a launch. And I've already spent, I'll just, I'm going to be completely transparent with you here. Uh, I've already spent $1,500 on this series. And you're probably like, holy crap, that's a lot of money. And you're right. It is a lot of money. Uh, I have four fiction books and then I have one nonfiction book with an adult copy of that nonfiction book since it's for teens. I had to pay for editing and I had to pay for uh, cover illustration and some other illustration. And then the rest, I did it all myself, which means this series could have cost me upwards of $5,000 if I had someone else do all the formatting and uh, cover design because the artist just made the art and I made the covers. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of money. And about last week, I started panicking, but we're going to get to that. I want to start with today. So this morning I got up and I made 
a couple Instagram things and I sent them out and I posted on Facebook and I just did the very minimum. I haven't even touched my email list yet. My email list is probably like, what is going on with Kristen? She hasn't sent us anything in a while. And the reason that I haven't is because I'm revamping everything. Like I'm redoing everything. I want to make my business work. So I'm taking the time to learn how to do that. And that's one of the best things that you can do. So I spent about four hours this morning making posts and blogs and all this different stuff. And then I sent it out into the world with all the hashtags that I've researched for the last two weeks. And now you just kind of wait. That's where I'm at. But I felt so happy to finally be in launch day, which is not what I thought would happen based on last week's like complete freak out. So uh, why don't we go back Let's rewind or re-fast forward, as my kids would say, because they grew up, uh, their early childhood was in Europe, so they did not learn the word rewind until recently, and now they reject it. They're like, no, that word doesn't work. It doesn't exist. Um, But so let's go back to the last time that I talked to you on this podcast. I was getting ready to start editing all the books that I wrote for the old school series, including Realize Your Story, Transform Your Life, which is the nonfiction companion, which was a really weird experimental idea that I did. I don't know if it's going to pay off. I have no idea. I don't know if I'll sell any books if I'm being honest with you, because this is a rough genre because the market isn't the person who buys the book, right? Like the target market for middle grade is not the person who clicks the purchase button. In most cases, the parents buy these books for their kids. So you're like, should I market to the parent? Should I market to the, you know, the actual reader, the middle grader? And I was like gearing up for editing. And as I started doing my rounds of self-edits. So, you know, you like come up with the idea, right? You do all the research. In this case, I had a lot of research because I wanted to write a black female protagonist. Uh, And then you write the book. And then the next step that you go through, if you're doing something that's out of your comfort zone that you've had to research a bunch for, is you should probably hire a sensitivity reader. So that's what I did. And then I went through those edits. And then I made more edits after that, uh, just trying to trim out some things and trim down some things. And then I sent, I think within like a two week period, I sent Maria all the books. And she was probably a little overwhelmed (laughs) because she's like, I don't want to work during Easter break, which is the Orthodox Easter break. And I was like, yeah, fine. No problem. So that means that I had like those uh, two weeks to kind of finish everything except the last book. I sent her um, the last book, the last fiction book late, but it was fine. It worked out. And I was like, (sighs) I was editing around 15,000 words a day. Um, on the days that I could edit. And then I've had my kids home for summer break. And if you know, like if you have kids, you know, summer break is not a relaxing time for you when your kids are home. Cause you have to like occupy them and try to be a good parent, which means that I don't let them watch TV all day. I don't let them be on their computers or their tablets or whatever all day. And so I've been busy with them as well. And I, I went through everything. I sent Maria, my files, she edited them. And then it was back and forth. And that's the kind of that's why you have to care about your editor and know that your editor has your back. Because when they send you all these things you need to fix, the first response is like, 
ouch, <laughs> this hurts me a little bit, uh, or it hurts a lot because I've worked so hard on the series. And as I was going through it, I kept thinking, I love this. This is some of my best work. This is some of my best writing. And Maria read it and she didn't really understand it. Like she didn't get it completely because it's the most Western thing that I've written. Normally I try to write in a way that people from any culture could understand what I'm writing. And this time I kind of just leaned full into the U.S. culture. And specifically there's a lot of Los Angeles culture and a lot of Pennsylvania culture in this book. Um, and so I sent it to her and then we're arguing, right? For weeks, we're going back and forth with comments and she's helping me fix things. And I'm taking her notes and implementing them. And then comes formatting. And formatting is when you take all the words you have that have hopefully been edited to near perfection. And then you put them in a file that's going to become a book. And to me, this is like the most amazing thing where you take these ideas that you have and then you turn them into a physical paper book. It's like magic. It's, it's one of the most exciting things about being a writer. And during this whole process, I also got uh, a physical copy of Saved by Grace by Cindy Luke, who is one of my clients. And I helped her work on this book. I was her developmental editor. I was her copy editor. I was her formatter. And I was her cover designer. And I got that book. And that book was so I mean, I was just so excited to hold it in my hands. And also her reviews have been stellar. And so <laughs> this is like irony and foreshadowing altogether. But when my reviews started coming in for Nia's book, I had to keep looking back at Cindy's book. Like I would just look at it on my shelf and think, okay, you helped her write that book. People love that book. You need to like calm down and work through this process you're going through right now because I did all the formatting. I made the Kindle versions and then I started getting feedback and the feedback was, it was rough. It was bad. I mean, it was not good. I actually, I want to read you one of the reviews or maybe two of the scathing reviews that Mia's book got. And I wanted to be like, these guys are mansplaining me how to write. Um, but some of their points were pretty valid. <laughs> so this is the number one review on Amazon right now for my book. Okay, remember how I told you that when you get bad reviews, you can learn stuff from the, these reviews and then keep moving forward? Okay, but think about how I felt. I've just put this book out into the critique world, and this is the, I think, the third review I got. The title of this review is Boring, Non-Engaging Story, Though True to Life. You never want the word boring in your review. Uh, it says, the story of Nia is old school, seems to capture the life of a 14-year-old girl with concerns, fears, and problems that kids face on a daily basis. How, how the story is written, however, is almost condescending to the reader. The narration does a huge amount of telling rather than showing, which doesn't allow the reader room to figure anything out or envision anything him herself. This makes for a very non-engaging story. There is definitely conflict and a plot, but everything feels to be very low stakes, which would probably give most readers the impression that the book isn't about anything important. Reading the reviews of other readers, I see that, that that's the case. There was one other review when he wrote this, uh, one other negative review. So he read one other negative review and said, I found someone who agrees with me. It must be the truth. Uh, lastly, the characters themselves are not very entertaining. They do not resonate with a degree of truth. They do resonate with a degree of truth, but that's about it. And then this is where he proceeds to tell me how to be a better writer. 
I would suggest this. Number one, show what's happening in the story without doing much telling and trust the reader will get it. Two, raise the stakes to make the problems more critical. Three, come up with more entertaining characters that readers will love to read. I applaud the writer's efforts with this book, but it definitely falls flat for me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like maybe he was trying to be nice. Um... And I went back and I read the introduction for Nia is Old School, which is the first book that, of the Old School series. That's the book that's launching today. And there was a lot. It like it had over description sickness. Like if you listen to this podcast at all or watch this podcast, you know, I talk about over description a lot. And I think that what happened was I got in my head and I was like, they're not going to understand anything I'm telling them because I was nervous and I was starting a really crazy, ambitious project. And I never, ever filtered it out. And uh, when I looked back at it, like later after I read this review, I was like, oh my gosh, if I was developmental editing this book, I would have cut out like two pages worth of this intro. And I would have raised the stakes by doing this, this, and this. And so, you know what I did? I went back, I cut two whole pages from a finished manuscript formatted and everything. I rewrote it to increase the stakes. And I, I realized like this thing that he said was true. It hurts me, right? Because that's my whole thing. I'm a storyteller. I love storytelling. And one of these other degrees is like not a good storyteller. They say like doesn't know how to tell stories. Let's see if I can. I don't know. I can't find it right now. But it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, my heart just kind of like stopped beating, you know? Um and so I was like, this is my job. This is what I help people do. And that's why I had to keep looking at Cindy's book because I was like, I helped her get that to where it is. Like she did almost all of it, right? But I helped her figure out the path she should take and people love her book. And I was like, okay, if I can do that for her book, I can do that for my own book. And really all I needed to change was the beginning. And sometimes that's what you need. Like you're going to write something and you'll like get to the end of it and be like, oh, this is so good. And then you kind of forget the beginning. And that's the part that people read. They might not get to the end of your book. They're going to read the beginning of your book if you have a good description, a good, uh, beautiful, a really well-made cover. And you kind of find them where they are as part of your target audience. So I was like, okay, the cover's awesome. Uh, artist Brandon Mealy helped me with that. He's the one that I hired to draw the pictures, which even the people who left bad reviews were like, the pictures are great. But like the illustration and the covers are amazing. So I was like, okay, well, that's good. You know, um, and I have a great synopsis. I use Brian Cohen's uh, How to Write a Sizzling Synopsis. I always use that. I love Brian Cohen. If you don't know who he is, He's awesome. Uh, he has a free Amazon ad course that's going to start on July 15th. And um, yeah, if you, I don't know, I'll put a link to it in this video or on the podcast episode because it's awesome and I love it and I love him. He's just like the nicest, most positive human person. It, once you like see his video or like see him in a live stream or you know, chat with him, you're going to be like, I love Brian too. You're going to understand why I believe he is so awesome. Okay. So, but before, before I started changing anything, I also got several really amazing reviews 
that were not from 30-something men. Although I did have one 30-something man also give me a five-star review. Um, but this... So imagine, right, I read the review that I read to you, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have failed. I cannot write. I'm an imposter. I'm teaching people how to write, and I suck. That's how I felt. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, wait, uh, are we really going to go through this whole roller coaster of saying that you're going to quit writing again? And the answer was, no, let's just fix it and move on. But at the same time, I got this review, which I hadn't even fixed the beginning yet. Uh, it says heartwarming, inspirational, and emotional. And this is a five-star review. I, I truly enjoyed reading this book. You couldn't help but fall in love with Nia, her parents, and their culture. So they liked the characters, which the last person, I don't agree with them that the characters are boring. Uh, they probably just don't care about these types of characters because this person loved the characters. Nia, um, Nia's household reminded me of growing up as a kid, dealing with combing my hair. I, I really, yeah, I worked with sensitivity reader on that to get it right. Um, because Nia's a black character and so she has textured hair. Uh, so combing my hair, my own experiences, family drama, and then having to deal with loss because one of the topics in this book is grief because of a uh, loss of a family member. This book helps middle schoolers and even adults to comprehend and process the concepts of loss, divorce, healing, friendship, and what it means to work as a team. My heart was also warmed by the old school music mentions such as salt and Peppa, Tupac, Nirvana, and mixtapes in general, a must read. So I just, I'm not reading this one to be like, hey, that guy that gave me the, the three-star review was wrong. He was right. Like, I needed to edit the beginning of the book. And he probably didn't read past the beginning of the book. It doesn't seem like he did. Um, but this person who actually read the whole book got all the little nuggets that I snuck in there. She found everything. She found all the effort I had put in and also the retroness, right? And she loved it. And she understood, like, this is to help people deal with these types of emotions. So you just don't know. <laughs> who your book is going to resonate with. And for all the times when you get those negative reviews, you know, take a look, try to step back and say, is there any truth to what is happening? And because I did all this before launch day, guess what? I was able to go back because um, Amazon gives you three days before your Kindle goes live to edit it. The, for the um, ebook version, for the paperback, you can just edit it at any time. Um, but I was able to go back before launch day and get the version of the book with the right intro into Amazon before it sent any of the pre-sales out, which it did this morning. So I'm really, you know, there are going to be people that hate this book. There are going to be people that hate the whole series, which... Um, yeah, they, they don't need to read it. That's okay. They can go read something else. But at the end of the day, I have to ask myself this question. And this is the question you need to ask. You've gone through writing it. You've gone through self-edits. You've gone through sensitivity reader, maybe. You've gone through working with a copy editor. And finally, you've gone through working with an interior formatter and a cover designer, right? And you've got everything up on Amazon. And at the end of the day, you know there are going to be people who hate your book. But if you get the feedback and you make adjustments and it's the story that you wanted it to be, that has to be good enough. And for me, in this case, this is the story I wanted to tell from the very beginning when I had this idea. I love these characters. I will definitely, there's a, um, a YA book I want to write when the characters are a little bit older and that's going to be a blast for me. But I, 
I'm happy with it. I think it does what I wanted it to do. Is it going to make, uh, you know, suspense fans happy if they read my books? Probably not. It's not a suspenseful series. It's a series about deep emotional thoughts. It's a series about friendship uh, coming from unexpected places. And it's also a series about how heavy grief is and how you can move through it. And you can grieve for lots of different things. Uh, I'm going to go into more detail as the books come out about the different things that you're going to see. I don't want to spoil everything. But in this book, we see loss and we see loneliness. And then we see hope and we see friendship. And those were the things that I wanted to accomplish. And I did. And, you know, nothing like there's no earthquake. There's no fire. There are certain things that people would have been like, you should just make amp up everything. And I thought, you know what? No, when you're young, things feel slow and things feel heavy. And you feel like you have the time to think through the feelings that you have, but not necessarily communicate them to other people. And so I wanted to show what that felt like, but also with a healthy support system, which Nia has. And so here I am on launch day. I've done all the things and now I am just kind of going to sit back and wait for some reviews to come in. And when I get to around 20 reviews, I'm going to start advertising. And that's when the real magic and the real scaling can happen. And like I said, I'm going to put a link to Brian Cohen's free Amazon advertising course in this uh in this episode, as far as like the text for the episode at, for the podcast and the uh, description for the YouTube channel. I'm really happy to be back with you. I have some really fun things I want to talk about with you. Uh, for just a preview, I watched both The Queen's Gambit and uh, The Tomorrow War over the weekend. And maybe they don't sound like they're similar or they have anything in common, but they do have some things in common. I want to talk about those. And I'm getting closer to finishing A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. I'm definitely going to do a review of that. And Nicole Yoon's new book is out, Instructions for Dancing. I have a copy. I was waiting to read it until I finished the series, uh, the old school series, but I'm finished with it. So that means I get to read it. And I, I can't wait to go over all these things with you. I'm really excited for the progress that we're going to make together in our writing journeys. And remember, as always, it is never too late to write the story of your heart, as long as you can be brave once it's out and say, yes, there are going to be people who hate it, but I did what I meant to do and I stand behind it. So happy reading and happy writing. It's good to be back. Bye. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. You will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.